What's up, everything? It's a very off-the-cuff episode of Two Guys, One Cup podcast, as we have very little prepared to talk about in this week devoid of any serious hockey news. Even this introduction is unprepared. I could say anything, but I won't. I'll leave that for the regular episode, so let's get started, and let's go Blues! Welcome back, everyone. Welcome to the Two Guys One Cup podcast, coming to you today from our luxurious studios at 15 Robin Hood Lane in Huntington, Long Island, New York. The Seaver family has been very gracious to host us here in the only township in the United States to ban self-service gas stations. <laughs> Ian, how do you find the time in Huntington so far? They've I, I'm appalled oh, yes. that they're banning. Along with New Jersey, they are the only two places in the country where full-service gas stations are compulsory. <laughs> Wait, so <laughs> say, say it again. Huntington, New York yeah, is yeah, the yeah. only township in the United States yeah. to ban self-service gas stations. So I can't... And along with New Jersey, they're the only two places wherein full-service gas stations are compulsory. Okay, so I can't fill my own gas. You may not. You, isn't that the craziest? Yeah. Like... That must have been why. Like, that just seems so crazy to me. Like, it's my car. Can I just fill it up nope. with gas? You sure can, Ian. You would think Let I would... Let me tell you why. You'd think I'd argue the other way. You'd think people would be more lazy and like, oh, I wish I could have someone fill up gas for me, but I'm very particular about my car, even if it's just unleaded. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Didn't, wait, Oregon used to be a place where they would fill your gas yeah. for you, and then they took it away. But I guess and people made fun of Oregon because they like were gonna drink gasoline or you know yeah. pour it all over mm-hmm. themselves. So they've never done such a thing before, right? But I think it's still an option in some places in Oregon. Oh, okay. But here's the thing, you know, with this, with the town specifically, maybe not with New Jersey, but with the town, mm-hmm. there is either a very like minutely specific reason yeah that like you know well back in 1982 the mayor dropped a little bit of gasoline on his penny loafer and it caught on fire in the heat (laughs) of the fourth of july picnic later that night and three people were burned (laughs) or it's like very like intensely political like oh oh, no we refuse to have (laughs) swine touch our gas station (laughs) handles there's no like common sense like logical reason that they made this oh now the drive oh i see i've never approached it from that angle so the drivers are the people that are like screwing up the gas and so they're like okay we have to do it for you you bunch of idiots that would be my guess yeah i don't think it's like we're so polite (laughs) <laughs> Maybe it, it could also be, like, the mandatory, like, we have to make more jobs. Oh, yeah. And so you have to endure this. And it's like, okay, but I don't want to. Okay, and it's like, well, then drive to somewhere else in New well, York here to get it's gas. compulsory. <laughs> <laughs> you can't, you ain't got no choice. Did you know that Ohika Castle is in Huntington as well? It's very large. 
We have a castle? Yes. A we? <laughs> we have a castle. That's the two guys, one cup castle. Exactly. You're not invited. So we're here in Huntington, and you will understand why in a little while. I gotta tell you, and I, I mentioned this in the, um, oh, Ohika Castle. <laughs> Ohika Castle was featured in the music video for Taylor Swift's 2014 single, Fuck you, it has not been five years since Blank Space was in, was released. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. Right? No. Scary. It also acts as a Hamptons estate in the Royal Pains television show. Oh, then I have so, seen this. So, kudos to Taylor Swift. Now we know our outro. Mm. <laughs> um, we So I teased it in the open. There's nothing to talk about today. No. Nothing's happened in hockey. Not even like, we can't even pretend. And um, we've... The Blackhawks got the other we'll talk about We'll talk about <laughs> literally everything there is to talk yeah. about. But that will take us four minutes. Yeah. And so we're going to do our best, folks. We've got one idea for a segment that we'll discuss, and we'll just see how it goes. The people demand their content. Yeah. And so we're here for you. The Two Guys, One Cup podcast. We'll tell you, folks, we're not doing every other week this summer like we've done in the past. We're not quitting on you like spitting chicklets or mm. puck soup or 31 thoughts. We work harder than all of those guys. Oh, yeah. And it shows. It shows in the quality of our product. It shows one way or another. <laughs> yeah, indeed. And so we're here, even even if the here ain't so good. <laughs> so let's talk about the thing you already mentioned. The Chicago Blackhawks traded Henry Yoki Haru, a promising young defenseman, for uh, Buffalo Sabres forward, erstwhile Buffalo Sabres forward, Alexander Nylander. Or Nylander. I know, so, I know I'm saying it you're, wrong one of those ways. I was like, you're wrong both. Times. I want to say... I'll, I'll figure it out. I won't say it wrong again. Brother of, of William and son of their father, who was also an NHL player and presumably had a first uh, name. Michael Nylander. Thank you. <laughs> According to Hockey Reference, their last name is pronounced Nylander. According to How to Pronounce Nylander on YouTube, it's pronounced... Wait for it. William Nylander. There you go. Thanks, robot lady. <laughs> so, Nylander with the knee. Got it. So, Alex Nylander, how do you pronounce Alex, is going to the Alex Chicago Blackhawks. Are you terrified now that Alex Nylander is in our division? Will it drastically affect how you uh, do your central division preview? Oh, for sure. I mean, he's 6'1", so he doesn't belong on the Blackhawks. He's much too tall. But he does belong on the Minnesota Wild, where he's plenty tall enough. Mm-hmm. Anything over, what is it, 5'11"? 5'10", I 5'10", think, yeah. Paul Fenton in love. Except also for Matt Zuccarello, who's very short. The man makes no sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, but the, he's but, a lizard yeah. person. <laughs> so you, look, you either got to be tall, or you got to be a lizard person. <laughs> Those are your options, there's, folks. I'm sure there's a third, a fourth, a fifth option for Paul Maybe Fenton. not. Yeah, maybe he's just got those two. <laughs> if you're a tall lizard person, holy shit. You can run the front office. You're the GM now. Indeed. Um, Alex Nylander, he's played 12 games. He played 12 games last year. Two goals, two assists, four points. Minus four. 
time on ice, 12 minutes on average. I just... I, I feel like Al... I've, he's only 21. These guys did trade for Dylan Strom and make him really good last year. The Hawks, year. yeah. But I feel like they lost this trade. I feel like they traded a potential Vince Dunn type for like yeah. a potential, I don't know, Zach Sanford type. Which is like nothing against Zach Sanford. We'll talk about him. We like Zach Sanford, but I don't know about trading one Didn't for they, the other. Don't they need defensemen in Chicago? I think so. Doesn't everyone? But yes, no. I but think I mean, so. like, I feel like that's they the do have need. that Bokefister, whoever. Eventually. Oh yeah. Is that their Swedish defenseman or the Maple Leafs? Boquist is theirs. I think he's best theirs. Yeah. Was so, that this year or last year? Last year they last year. him. So, yeah, we'll see. I mean, I <coughs> as I told our friend Anthony on Twitter, and I don't just say this out of rivalry, although it helps, but I genuinely think if you're making a trade with Stan Bowman right now, you're probably winning. Mm-hmm. I don't think his moves have made a lot of sense. We'll see. Uh, why don't I just go through the people who have signed contracts yeah. and we can comment on any of them. These are extensions, people you've never heard of. Part of the fun will be us pretending we know these per- people's names at all yeah. or how to pronounce them. Dalton Prute signed a one-year <laughs> deal with the uh, Sharks. Mark Latestu, an old favorite oh, of the show, no. signed a one-year contract with the Jets. The Ducks brought back Blake Piatilla. Piatilla? I don't know. And I'm just going to pronounce them once as badly as I want. And Andrew Potterolski, both on one-year deals. And the Canadians got Phil Verone. Two of the bigger contracts were Cody Ceci, one year, $4.5 million, and Alexander Kerfoot, four years, $3.5 million for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Weird deals. You know what that... Eight million dollars would have been nice for re-signing Mitch Marner. Mm-hmm. Oh, you would think they would try and get these guys down as low as they could go. Alex Kerfoot, I'm interested to see how he fits in out there. He didn't quite reach the level I think the uh, Avalanche expected him to. Yeah. So is it like a like an Eric Johnson situation where he's just fine? but not like a star, and he goes up there and remains just fine, or does he, like, reach another level plan in Toronto? If he starts the year on, like, Austin Matthews' wing, that'll yeah. probably help. Uh, ben Sherratt signed a three-year, $3.5 million deal with the Montreal Canadiens. I don't know how to spell Sherratt. I do know how to spell overpay, and it's the <laughs> same as the way you spell Sherratt. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know about that. That's just a mistake. With who? The Canadians. Okay. It's like they need defense and they've got money. Three years isn't going to kill you, but I don't know about that. I don't know. We'll see. Seems a little long for a bottom-pairing defenseman. Indeed. Indeed. Christian Willannon is back with the Sins. Scott Harrington is back with the Blue Jackets. Josh Levo remains with the Canucks. Cedric Paquette signed a two-year 3.3, or excuse me, 1.65 is the cap hit. Uh, deal to stay in Tampa Bay. He only had 18 points last year. I thought he was like a good player, but I guess he's just a body. Was he not a triplet? I guess he not wasn't a triplet. At the floor. You're thinking of Andre Palat. Oh. Different person. But I can see why you would Palat, confuse it. Zimgis Gergensen <laughs> resigned with the Savers of Buffalo. Not a how not you, a deal I believe our friend Anthony sp- was a fan of. How do you spell his last name? G-I-R-G-E-N Sons. Like the 
child, not the star. I really... I, he just has weird eyes. That's all I'm going to say. He's got weird eyes. Does he? Yeah. Well, Here, no. I'll show you. Okay. Okay. Oh, boy. Ooh. Are they, like, stoned? Are they beautiful? <laughs> what are they? They're very strange. He's Latvian, people. Never trust... A Latvian. <laughs> is he the said. best Latvian NHL player ever? It could be. I mean, he's top five, right? I just he's like gotta be. Matt Zuccarello is far and away the best Norwegian ever. Mm. Uh, Carter Verhage stayed with the Tampa Bay Lightning reportedly. We don't even know the details of his deal. Nick Cousins to the Canadians. Nikita Zadorov remains at $3.2 million for one year with the Avalanche. Marcus Johansson, here is a big signing. Two yeah. years, $4.5 million to stay with the Buffalo Savers. I told some people, I think, I think I've gotten to the point where if it's a two-year deal, there's, like, no cap hit too high. Like, like a one-two or, to a lesser extent, three, because you do see the Patrick Marlowe situation. But, like, I'm more obsessed with term than I am with cap hit mm. now. Because you look at Tyler Bozak, and it's like, is $5 million too much to pay Tyler Bozak? Yeah. Did we win a Stanley Cup? Yeah. Is anybody going to care for the next two years? Nah. Yeah. You know? And plus we get Molly Bozak, which is worth at least half of that contract. <laughs> so that's a win-win for us. Any thoughts on the Johansson deal? Um, It seems fair for what he is. He's generally a 40-point player. It looks like he's had some injury issues uh, in the last couple of years. Only played 29 games in... 17-18, only 58 games uh, last year between New Jersey and Boston. A fine player. A good yeah, third line player. Yeah, it feels player. like a little bit of an overpay, but again, you're getting him for two years. If you need a forward, by all means, sign up. What's the know? amount? 4.5 per uh, season. Yeah. Just, I mean, not much. Your typical UFA overpay, probably. Uh, over by maybe a half or a yeah. little more. Yeah. Half to $1 million yeah, overpay, yeah. not like a 2 or $3 million thing. Sebastian Ajo got his uh, offer sheet officially matched at five years, $8.45 million. Kevin LeBlanc shocked a lot of people by signing a one-year deal at $1 million. That's crazy. So that's just like a help. And just speaking of, I'm not going to do the whole theatrics or anything, mm. but speaking of the worst take I've ever seen this week, some guy immediately responded to that by saying, see, Mitch, some people oh, know yeah. how to take a discount for the team. Because you know how Mitch Marner and Kevin LeBlanc are the same player. Yeah, same guy. And you know same how, team. And you know how one player taking a self-destructive discount that everybody is like, why did you do that about? Means that every player should do that. Get <laughs> a it? questionable move is what this big yeah, exactly. RFA should do. Um, to a much much lesser extent, while we're like comparing these two, or while we're comparing uh, LeBanc to other players, this is kind of like again to a much lesser extent the PK Subban deal, where it's like, all right, I'll take your I'll take your little deal. Mm -hmm. I'll take your little deal. And if I what do you, you had like seventeen goals this year? I think mm -hmm. if he hits like as I've heard. Pundits in Canada say if he's a 30-goal scorer next year. Oh, he's going to get paid. Yeah. They're going to pay out the butt for him. And Probably they won't have space it. for him. They yeah. won't have to trade him then. So, I guess they... I mean, obviously, they had to do this money-wise because they have so much money in Carlson, in uh, Vlasic, in Burns right now in their back end that they just don't have room to spend. I mean, they couldn't even keep Pavelski. Yeah. So... They I don't. Their captain walk. I don't know how you can take. You can take a discount in Florida, 
mm-hmm. because of the taxes or the lack thereof. Yeah, if um, you make a million dollars in in California and you're a Canadian, which I assume yeah. Kevin LeBlanc is, don't you just not make money? I was like, isn't that how much? Isn't that like middle class in in California? I don't even know if it's that. It's, it's like, like middle middle class. It's not. You're like God. living in a regular apartment. <laughs> you're like, who are you? Oh, I play for the San Jose Sharks and. You know what? They would meet it with, who's that? Or who are those people? Like, okay, Kevin, there's a neighborhood meeting next yeah. week. Be there. Kevin, we're tired of you being gone for these. <laughs> we really need you to be here. <laughs> Hi, Kevin. Uh, we're all pitching in $50 to, uh, you know, thank the landlord for his services. You want to pitch in? It's like, actually, I'm a little tight this week, guys. Oh, Kevin. It's like, oh, Mr. Hockey Player, pretending yeah. to be tied on his money and it's like no you don't understand kevin you're in and out all hours of the night with your skates (laughs) and your sticks and your bags and your pucks black marks everywhere kevin and you're a black mark on this This community community. you're you're a victim (laughs) ah the tragic tale of kevin lebonk ladies and gentlemen (laughs) let's move on uh let's skip our guy and don't let me forget to circle back god if we forget to circle back to that in this podcast we're really pathetic Malcolm Subban stays with the Knights for a year. Danton Heinen signed a two-year, $2.8 million contract to stay with the Buffalo Sabres, but bu- 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 Boston Bruins. Can you look up Danton Heinen's stats because did he deserve $2.8 million other than on Heinen? No, Hine- is what I'll just say. Let's see. He's played 162 games. Much like that. Ivan Barbashev. Uh, this year he played 77 games. 11 goals, 23 assists for 34 points. Okay, fine. Was a point share of 3.3. What was he drafted? Was he like a firsty? He was a fourth rounder, 116th in 2014. Oh, so no, not really. No. I think they overpaid for an RFA. I think that's a weird call. Danton Heinen, I thought for sure. Maybe he's got those intangibles. What was his point share? Point share, 3.3. Fine, so they probably paid the appropriate amount. 52.9 Corsi 4. Oh, that's pretty good. So, he seems fine. Seems like a, an all-right possession player okay. for their, what, third line? I got it wrong. Are you happy? <laughs> 2 point I yeah. said it. Are you happy? Um, yeah. Yeah, that's fair. He's fine. Oh, the um, year pri- Holy crap. The year prior, he had 47 points Ooh, in the same amount okay. of games, 77 games. So, he's getting worse. Yes. Yeah, so, oh, no. They, you might be right. <laughs> Oh, we're back. I knew it all along. (laughs) The overpay for Danton Heinen. Speaking of uh, uh, good, fine contracts, I thought I really liked the four years, $3.5 million Michael Furling got with the Vancouver Canucks. Mm -hmm. Uh, The problem is they apparently have no money to sign Brock Besser. I don't know how the Vancouver Canucks, who aren't good, are also pressed up against the salary cap. I mean, I do know. It's Jim Benning. Jim Benning's the reason. Yeah. Maybe, it looks, seems to be really good at drafting, maybe okay at trading, not good at contract negotiations. No. Um, but I like in the in a vacuum, I like the Furlan deal a lot. What did you think of that? Was that today? Yesterday. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, I like it. I forget where I thought. Oh, I thought he was going to go to the Jets. Seemed like a big body for the Jets. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Let me, I gotta look up, is he like an offensively gifted player at all? Uh, you know, for your kind of, he's like a better Pat Maroon. No offense to the Pat Maroon lovers out there, but he's like a slightly better Pat Maroon type, I think. How do you spell his name? M-I-C, oh, it's, I think it's A E A L for some reason. 
Yeah, it's E-A-L. Markeel Verland. Oh, that's right. Because he's a bad person. I know that's his parents' fault, but... Isn't that weird? Sometimes with names you're like, oh, what a, that's a terrible name. And it's like, oh, well, you didn't pick that. I'm sorry. Um, I yeah. actually did. I chose my own name. Yeah, I did. It used to be Methuselah, and I changed it to I Michael. I said, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of Methuselah. <laughs> I don't feel like I look like a Methuselah. Methuselah, also the name of a instrument. Is it? No, it's not. Oh. Couldn't you see someone be like, yeah. oh, I played oh, the Methuselah. Methuselah. I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> How's your back? Oh, I'm, not very yeah, I was going to say, I pick a random thing. It must be hell on the feet. Like, what? It sure is. It's a seated instrument. I mean, you're atop it. <laughs> Give us, send us uh, to our P.O. box. Send us your pictures of a Methuselah. Hand-drawn pictures <laughs> of your... What you imagine a Methuselah? The, the crazier, the more Dr. Susie, the better. Oh, we'll make it our timeline photo on Twitter. <laughs> My um, son drew this. <laughs> <laughs> 71 games played last uh, season for Furland. 17 goals, 23 assists, 40 points. Again, fine. Plus, he adds the physical element. You're yeah. paying more. Less than a million per <coughs> ten points, and he gets the physical element. I think that's a good deal. Yeah, I haven't really watched him. It's a huge like pay upgrade for him too. I think he'd only made like four million throughout oh, okay. his career, and now he's got fourteen guaranteed. So I never watched him that closely, but I think a couple years ago when it was Calgary versus who was it like the Ducks or somebody mm-hmm. in the first round, I remember him being like super annoying to the other team. And then I think that was even before they got Kachuk, and then Kachuk came up and it was almost like expendable bits as far as like, ah, we got a guy that's just as physical and just as annoying, mm-hmm. but uh, puts up more points. Yeah, I for Vancouver that for Furlan that's great. For Vancouver, I it's fine. I think it's an okay move, but it does seem like they're really padding their forward lineup well, with not a lot. With you know what I mean? I think Jim Vinning. I hear about this. Somebody made a really good point. I can't remember if it was Puck Super 31 Thoughts. Somebody made, before they quit on all of us. Yeah, yeah. You know, before they betrayed America. Somebody made the point that the GM of your favorite team isn't necessarily managing to do what's best for your favorite team. They were like, he's managing to save his job. And it may even have been about Jim Benning. Mm. It wasn't about this move, I don't think. But it's like, Jim Benning knows that if they don't make the playoffs this year, he's probably fired. So if he can make decisions that aren't necessarily smart for the long term, but can put him over the hump this year, he'll figure out the other part in the years to come. You know, Because right now, all he's got to do is get through to the next round we'll figure out the other part <laughs> yeah that's that's true he really they do need to make it back in the playoffs they haven't made it back oh no i think we looked this up have they not made it back since they made it to the cup i think there was one year after that okay that they made it, but no but yeah, even then much. yeah that's a long. i mean to me that's like oh that was pretty recent but that's a long ways away that's so far that's so long ago yeah that was. And like we talked about... Daniel we, and Henrik weren't 8,000 years old. Oh, yeah. Well, we talked about some they other They last made the playoffs. Too. You are... Oh, no. They last made the playoffs in 2016. They lost in the first round of the Flames. Before that, it was 2013. They were swept by the... Oh, okay. Um, 
Sharks, and then they won one against the Kings the second the year the Kings went on to win their first. So, um, so unremarkable. <laughs> since so that, guess, since the Cup run, yeah. they've won three playoff games oh. in three appearances. <laughs> so I think the Calgary thing then with Furland was against the Canucks. Probably, yeah. yeah. So maybe that's why they get went out and gave them a big old bunch of money. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um. Who else? Who else? I closed the thing I need. Give me a second. <laughs> That's uh, fine. We're not trying to pad out this episode yeah, at all. Yeah, no, no. We got to, you know. Well, We're you, chocked full You took a trip. Info. We should have talked about your trip. We'll talk about your trip. That's we'll what we'll do. See you next fall. Um, Joel Armia, two years, $2.6 million for, to stay with the Canadians. That was a good deal they made last year when they threw like a pick to cap dump him. That was a good deal. Mm-hmm. Arturi Lekkonen, two years, $2.4 million. And Jason Dickinson to stay with the Dallas Stars for the same two-year, $1.5 million that the St. Louis Blues gave to our very own Zachary Comic Sandsford. <laughs> I did it. Ding. I forced it in there. Ding, ding, <laughs> ding, ding. It. The pun is done. Um, comic Sanford, Zach Sanford, two years, $1.5 million in. How do you feel about this signing for the, what is it? How old is he? 24, 20? No, he's really young. He's like 22, 22 year old, 24 year old. No, I was like, I don't think he's 22. 24 year old. I'm an idiot. Within, whenever you look at their hockey reference, it says like age 24, and tells you how many days till their, you know, birthday or mm-hmm. like how many days into twenty four they are. And it says two hundred and forty four and I'm like, Oh, he's gonna be twenty five real soon, but I mean that's like over a hundred days. Yeah. Um yeah, twenty four, sixty games played last year during the regular season, eight goals, twelve assists for uh twenty points. Time on the ice, just twelve minutes just like twelve and a half minutes basically of average ice time for him. 1.5, I can't, I mean, I can't be angry about 1.5, right? Mm-hmm. And it's, like you said, when you're making, when it's that little and it's like a two-year deal, no big deal, no big, no uh, problem with me. I thought he played really well in the playoffs to start, kind of petered off into the Jet series. But then got real good at the end. Yeah, and then, was, and then looked really good. Uh, Do we put Four him in points? against the Sharks? No. No, just at the You put him Boston. in as Sunquist's replacement in game three, and he was the only thing that looked good in that game. Mm-hmm. And he got four points in five games, was plus five, and got that game winning, not game winning, but the final goal yeah. of the series for the Blues. Game winning to us. Um, in his hometown, on his home ice. Yeah. So he looked, I think he really established himself. And I'm, I'm really excited to see where he goes from here, which. Does bring us to the one segment we planned for today. And to introduce that segment, we throw it to our good friends at whichever network this show aired on. <laughs> show me that smile. Ooh, show me that smile. Don't waste another minute on your crying. We're nowhere near the Yeah. 
thanks, UPN. You get all <laughs> 60 seconds of the Growing Pains theme because, God help us, we're trying to fill time. <laughs> they gave us that theme. They didn't want it anymore. They said, you're taking it. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Hey, it's got bad juju. We want it out of here. <laughs> so uh, what we're going to do here, you know, those of us, those of you who are insane enough to have followed us for a full year, uh, we'll know that around this time last year, we did what we call a prospect pyramid, because that's what Steve Dangle called it when he invented it. <laughs> and, um, We're not stealing. We're just <laughs> no, he, uh, we talked borrowing. to him. He said we could borrow it. He did. And legitimately, like, actually, that happened. It was crazy. Yeah, check our Twitter feed. Yeah. Go back here. <laughs> yeah, go find it. Go find You'll find it. Um, but yeah, the prospect pyramid, which we're excited about, is just a thing where you look at all the prospects, and you rank them not like 1 to 10 or 1 to 20, but rank them by tiers of general talent level. Like, mm. these people could be stars, these people will be contributors, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. We did that around this time last year. This year, we're going to push it back into the summer uh, until after the Traverse City camp. So we've seen rookie camp, we've you know, heard any developments over the summer. Maybe Eric Foley will be alive by then. I'm not Not counting on it, but we'll see. And um, we can do it all then after we've been to Traverse City and hopefully seen them look good. Uh, But in the time being, we thought what it would be interesting to do right now is not really a pyramid of sorts, but to talk about the players on the Blues rosters who won't qualify for that because they're over the 50 game threshold or whatever the case may be mm. they they're like established roster players now but they're not like you don't necessarily know what they are in the nhl yeah. at this point i think i've seen people call them like tweeners tweeners before. is perfect yeah. i mean some of these guys most it's certain... much better than not specs <laughs> you're a bunch of not specs <laughs> I believe those are the prospects that you boot off of your team. <laughs> You're a not spec. See you, David Noel. Yeah, I was just uh, saying, <laughs> I was saying uh, Jordan Bennington, prior to this year, he was pretty a much not a not spec. Yeah. Just Jordan Bennington and Bennington. I Boy, think, if only we'd known. I still think of that. To this, I thought of it last night looking at a, a blues like magazine. By the way, I love all these promotional blues mm. things all over the place. Mm. But I was take, looking, shut up and take my money. Yeah, I, I was looking at Jordan Bennington. I think it was like the Post Dispatch one. I was like, "Wow, man, you were a joke," and not in like a mean, awful, you know, mean spirited way. But you were just like a joke to us. We didn't know anything about you. So it like, literally was just a punchline. Yeah, it was just a punchline. Like, yeah, and that was it. And that was all he was. And now he's a star. Yeah. So hopefully some of these guys we'll talk about right now will take that same direct trajectory. Although say, one of them will be Jordan Bennington. So. Yeah, some of these guys... Technically, are, Bennington doesn't cross the 50-goal threshold, 50-game threshold, oh, yeah. unless you add his regular and playoff season. I think but we'll give him a pass. Cup winner. We put him on the prospect us. pyramid next year. <laughs> Man, I think he is tops of the prospect pyramid. <laughs> What am I, like, tier three? I don't know. <laughs> Could be. Um, yeah, we bump him up one tier. tier like, hey, you want a cup. You want a cup. Calm down a little bit. You Jordan. went 24-5-1. and one. <laughs> Very impressive. Great. Uh, why don't we start with a guy we've talked plenty about, our very own son, our beloved, our one and only with... By the way, incredibly gorgeous flow for the summer months. He was mm. on the red carpet at the ESPYs yesterday, where we all expected Robert Thomas to finish his season. The world junior champion, <laughs> the Memorial Cup champion, the one and only adopted son of Keith Kachuk and frontman for Matchbox 20. He is 
Robert Thomas. Thomas was drafted first overall, first overall, in the first round in the 20th overall selection in 2017. We've only known his name, well, we've known his name all our lives, sort of, but yeah. we've only known him as a person See, for just over two years. It was prophesized. And, indeed. He's 20 years old nine days ago. He just turned 20. He can't Congratulations. even drink for a full year. I mean, he's drunk. Plenty yeah. in the last month or two, but was he drinking beer at like at the parade? Just oh, very openly? much. Oh, very much. Yes, I oh, love. Yeah. I love. <laughs> I think cops were even like people joking. We talked yeah. to cops about it, and they were like, oh, it "Could be Sprite." You don't. Know. <laughs> that's what I mean. I love that. That's just like a law that I don't think they need to enforce anyways, but that they openly don't enforce right in that moment. They go, just screw it, screw it, drink whatever you want. I don't care. They probably wouldn't care if, like, a citizen underage drank at that point. What about me? Get out of the ground! (laughs) Hands behind your head! Um, Robert Thomas, 70 games last year, 9 goals, 24 assists, 33 points. He averaged 13 minutes on the ice, and he had a 51.3% Corsi for percentage hard to believe it feels like a very long time ago but he had a really rocky start to his season under mm-hmm. mike yo he got his eighth eight games under the what it's nine games or is it 11 games i think it's nine uh that you can play before you have to get shipped back to juniors or stay permanently there's some other weird push to like 40 or something yeah there's some weird one yeah there's anyways. a second rule but yeah. i think you still lose your yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe it's just eligibility at 40, but in any case. Um, and then he got benched for a long time. He was like a, a healthy scratch, which they did a couple of years to Alex Petrangelo. Um, this season's so but long. But that was like 10, 10 games in a row. Yeah. And we were really bad, of course, during those 10 <laughs> games. So it was hard to be like, why is he off the ice? Uh, but he recovered very nicely from that, ended up playing pretty much non-stop the rest of the year. Towards the end of the year, he really found his stride. Uh, formed that line with Bozak and Maroon. They carried that into the playoffs, and he looked incredible. He was getting double-shifted in the second round uh, until he broke his wrist hand, had the hand or wrist injury. The wrist, yeah. Um, I guess we don't know for sure that it was broken. Um, and, you know, missed a lot of time, didn't look very good, and a couple of times he popped back in. And you know, missed the end of the playoffs. I think he wasn't in the final lineup, right, for Game no. 7. Um, they, Samford yeah, was still Yeah, because they played him, they popped him in for like a game, Yeah, right? it was like game f- either 5 or 6, I think 6, maybe. I think it was the loss, yeah. Yeah, and he just didn't look. It's like, uh-oh. Yeah, and so, but, I mean, that all aside, he had the, the most important assist, arguably, of the entire playoffs mm-hmm. with the uh, game winner in Game 7 ag- or against the Stars. He pretty much made that goal himself. Robert Thomas's ceiling is what, Ian? Uh, Bo Horvat. <laughs> <laughs> Not as comparable as ceiling, Ian. Um, man, I don't know. I mean, there's so much unknown still with him, but we've hyped him so much, and I think deservedly so. And like you said, he was double-shifted in the Dallas series. In the, in the playoffs, as a 19-year-old kid, he looked amazing. Against, quite possibly, for me... Like our strongest competition, mm-hmm. at least in Dallas, I thought. 
Um, oh yeah, I mean they gave us the toughest series, aren't mm-hmm. they? Yeah. So I mean, other than Boston, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I don't, man. I don't. I don't. I honestly think his ceiling is not to steal the easy thing, but here like, we go. Here we go. Sidney Crosby. No. Uh, I think he could be like a Ryan O'Reilly, not necessarily to the same extent, mm-hmm. but in the way that, A, he's just really good at everything. Mm-hmm. There's not, like, a queer weakness to his game. And, B, he's probably never going to be, like, celebrated by the league as a star. Like, I guess Ryan O'Reilly is now because he just won the comps. Yeah, but prior but, like, to this, he was Before still this, it like... was just very much like, oh... Very good top six center. He was the classic you know? underrated and talked about as being underrated so much that people are like, he's not underrated. You keep saying he's under, you know, you're using him as the underrated uh, number one guy over and over again. But mm-hmm. he's almost become, I don't know, overrated, but, you know, mentioned enough. So I, that's what I always saw him as. It was like, Ryan O'Reilly never gets talked about. Ryan O'Reilly never gets talked about. It's mm-hmm. like only ever talked about like and the, these never get talked about it's like articles. the joe pavelski thing yeah it's exactly. like oh he's so underrated he's the best tip tipman mm. in the league and nobody ever talks about it and it's like really because i've heard seven people <laughs> say that this week but going i guess going against my own point is like yeah the he is like just that tier below elite i guess i don't know you know we've talked about how we don't want to use elite all the time for everything mm. but i think he's great Pushing to elite he's it? right yeah. he's right there yeah, he's not your what, Sidney Crosby or yeah. your Nathan McKinnon or your Connor McDavid. He pushed, but this, he might yeah. be that next tier of like, you know, at the very highest end, like a Patrice Bergeron. I don't mm. think he'd probably be that good. Patrice, Patrice Bergeron probably should be elite, at least in yeah. his, at his peak. He's elite, but like I think Robert Thomas and Ryan O'Reilly, if if that's what Robert Thomas ever projects to be, um, or gets to be are guys that can really push your team over the hump, just like we oh, saw yeah. O'Reilly did. But if we strip the team back, Ryan O'Reilly's not like... Dra- I mean, he pretty much dragged this team almost <laughs> in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. But if you take little pieces away, you don't have uh, David Perron going a little hot, you know, on a little mm-hmm. hot streak there. Uh, Vladimir Tarasenko plays okay this year. Ryan O'Reilly helps you, mm-hmm. but he's not so good that he's dragging you in Nathan McKinnon style. Right. You know what right. I mean? yeah. I guess that's a huge comparable. He's not as good as Nathan McKinnon. No, but I mean, I think that's that's fair, though. Yeah. He's very good. He's not that level of player. And I think with Thomas, I think the sky is the limit to him for a certain extent. But hockey, I would say more than any other sport, mm-hmm. there's really no way to, like, cross that final barrier between, like, the truly elite. Mm-hmm. Like, a guy doesn't just become truly elite. They have to be drafted as like a top five player, yeah, to be that level of talent. That guy doesn't sneak into the draft somewhere and like, you know, even even Brad Marchand, as good as he is, mm-hmm. isn't a Sidney Crosby or a Connor McDavid or Nathan McKinnon or, you know, even like a Patrick Laine for a slightly different skill set. Those guys with the truly incredible skills just don't sneak anywhere. Yeah. So I think Thomas can be on that next level. Um, and you know what? He got compared to Bo Horvat when he was drafted, and I think that actually is a, a fairly fair comparison for kind of like, not necessarily his ceiling, but like a realistic expectation for mm-hmm. him. A very good, great player. Horvat had yeah. 61 points last year in 82 games, 6.2 point shares. He took 227 shots, 27 goals, um, 
face-off percentage was 53. He won 935. Uh, just an all-around really good player. Does everything you need. Penalty kill, power play, that sort of thing. Yeah. That's great. We love Robert Thomas, so let's move on. We've talked about Robert <laughs> Thomas a lot. Sammy Blay got a one-year, what was it, $800,000 extension? It was real cheap, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, to stay here, obviously, he's still a restricted free agent after that. You know, it, it feels weird to me because he was drafted so late, and I know he's been developing so long, but he's still only 23. He was drafted sixth round, 176th overall in 2014. Last season, uh, in a in a horribly inaccurate <laughs> encapsulation of what he did, he had two goals, two assists, and four points in 32 games. He averaged 9.51 time on ice and 50.9% Corsi 4, but it was really in that game six. I think the single ballsiest coaching decision uh, mm-hmm. Craig Berube made this season was... Uh, Choosing to go with Sammy Blay in Game Six when the lineup needed a shakeup in, in Series Two and we were facing elimination in Dallas, uh, he chose Sammy Blay, who had been injured for a long time, hadn't been able to play. Blay jumped right into the lineup with a goal and nine hits. Um, back pat for me, predicting that he'd make a big <laughs> impact. Oh, that's right. Have to has to be done, and he finished the playoffs with. Three points, uh, a goal, that goal, and two assists. He was a plus three, um, and he had uh, he averaged almost twelve minutes in fifteen games, and had seventy hits, which is an average of what six per game. I'm not good at math. Is that six? It's sure. about six. It's a little under six, but um, yeah, I mean he he's just he really, I think with him and Sanford especially. It's a little difficult, in in the same way we've talked about Jordan Bennington, it's a little difficult to say what they'll be, because mm-hmm. are they going to maintain that level of like drive and determination yeah. if you just plunk them in into a October 17th game against, you know, Calgary mm-hmm. or whoever, you know. And not even just with playoffs to regular season, but now they've won a cup. I feel like some of these older guys, even though it's their first cup too, might still, they've lived with the drive for so long uh-huh. that they'll still have it. I don't, I wonder sometimes with young guys, just because you're developing and you're younger, if you're still going to have that, like, I need to win the Stanley Cup drive, you know, yeah. oh, we just did it. Well, then I don't really, I'm not that big on where I play in the lineup, just get some ice time, yeah. get out there with the boys. Yeah, I think next year we could see a couple of last year's last year's <laughs> Ivan Barbashev. That's going to be last year's Ivan Barb last year's last year's Ivan Barbashev all up I think and down this team. I think your worry with some of these young guys, and and to be fair, I think uh, Doug Armstrong and Craig Berube will be pretty good at combating this. Yeah. But I think your worry with some of these young guys is them thinking, like you said, I've arrived. I won a cup. This is easy. I've mm-hmm. got it all figured out. And taking some games off and making some chowder-headed decisions and then probably sitting on the bench or in the press box for a few games until they kind of get their attitude straightened. And, you know, I've got concerns with Bruby going forward. I pl- Personnel management is not one of them. I think mm. he's better at that than any of the coaches that I've paid a lot of attention to are. He seems to have a better grip on what guys are feeling it and what guys aren't than any of Yo or Armstrong or Yo or Hitchcock or. He does a much better job with that wheel of bodies. Yeah, yeah, and we've talked about that, and, and honestly, you need that to supplement your bottom six. So, yeah. 
Uh, yeah. So what do you think long term? What do you see in Sammy Boy? Uh, I'm really solid fourth line guy. I think more so than having like a Chris Porter or Adam Cracknell, who to me are even back then were more like AHL tweeners. Like they're here and then they're not, and they're here then they're not. Um, they'd stick around for a while because they're hot with you know Reeves or somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's got a lot more potential than that. I don't know. Like the ceiling's still fairly low. I think it's a guy you might be able to plug in higher up in the lineup for a limited amount of time. You know, mm-hmm. there's a injury on the road. Okay, we'll plug Sammy Blaine on the second line because he's feeling it with uh, who was it like O'Reilly and Perron again. Mm-hmm. I I wouldn't want that long term, obviously, but I think he projects to be like a solid fourth-line contributor that we could see here for, you know, a handful of years. Yeah. I think he also seems like the type of guy that if he, I don't know, turns into, like, a, a decent fourth-line guy or, like, a, oh, he could be a third-line guy, I think he's also the first one to get shipped out in a way. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, oh, there's value in you. We don't... Elsewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, you have value here, but we don't need that, and we yeah. can use you as a chip then. Mm. To me, Sammy Blay always struck me before this season or, like, middle of the season when we were talking trades as, like, the guy that would be traded as, like, Schwartz and someone and a pick or whatever. Okay, it's mm-hmm. Sammy Blay. Oh, yeah. you know, because we're, like, we didn't... We talked a lot about how we didn't want to trade Thomas or Cairo. Um, cost and we were still kind of, we want to see around. So it's like, okay, Sammy Blay is a guy that has potential and is young enough and hasn't quite shown it yet that there's still the mystery to it Mm -hmm. you know where it's like oh that's like a mystery box sure i'll take that guy versus like oh he's shown everything he can he only gets four points a season right and now on top of that he's got as you've alluded to in the past that added mystique of oh he's got you know he's got a cup we need mm-hmm. more rings in the room. Oh, Sammy yeah. Blaze brings rings to the room. Like, <laughs> Sammy Blaze got that Stanley Cup experience. Yeah. But he does. You I know, mean, but he does. I, I laugh, but it's true. He played the second half of the entire thing, you know? I mean, he's got way more than, like, Oscar Sunquest had before this season. It's crazy to me that all of it's... To me, it's like some of these players mm-hmm. have cup experience and, like, some don't still. Yeah. Even though that's not, like, that's not true, but to me, I can't imagine blows my mind just thinking like oh yeah zach sanford has like the whole team went from having like one person with cup experience to they all have cup experience you know what i mean (laughs) yeah because the whole problem we used to have or we used to fight about or like have people be like we need jamie langenbrenner we Uh need jason arnett because like someone we need a winner in this Uh room and now like the entire room is winners and it's like this is weird like also get rid of some of these winners (laughs) Winners. we're flush with winners i swear to god at next year's trade deadline if we're kind of floundering a bit somebody will say we need to get somebody who's hungry we need to add somebody to this team who wants to win. I, I, I promise it. I promise it. If that simple. was a prop bet I could make in Vegas, I'd put my life savings <laughs> on it. Um, I see Sammy Boy as kind of like a a really like I don't want to say really poor man's is an insult to him, but like a poor man's TJ Oshie in some sense, oh. where he's he has the ability to flash that like high end skill, and he plays a physical game, but it's not necessarily all there at the same time. Or better comparables, I think he's kind of like Patrick Bergwin at his like best. Not probably not as good as Patrick Bergwin at his best, but like big, 
a little will- willing to be physical, but still has skill. Mm. Protects the puck well. Or the most random example. Oh, jeez. There's more. <laughs> Joel Ward. Where he's like a an elite third line player. <laughs> you think, are the best third line player there's but, ever been. You know, Joel Ward was that guy that bounced around the league and people always wanted to get him because among other things, they knew he showed up in the playoffs. Yeah. And I don't I'm not projecting this one year onto like this is the rest of Sammy Boy's career. He's just a dynamic playoff performer. But like that's the kind of guy who can plug kind of whatever hole you need him to plug in the playoffs. If you need him to play up on the second line, he can do that. If you need him to be a fourth-line checking grinder, he's really good at that. And I think he's, like you said, he's got value. He's never going to be a star. He's probably not going to be a guy that any team builds around for a long term. Yeah. I think he, you know, I, I would love him, you know, as we've said a number of times, keep everybody from the Cup team here forever. I don't care, but, like, probably realistically is not a guy that you see in a blues sweater for the next 12 years. Yeah. You know, he's probably a guy that bounces around some, and that's fine. Um, Until we Victor Arvids in him, we give him two million dollars $2 a year for the next eight <laughs> years. Yeah. And you're like, why? Exactly. I was like, yeah, okay. Um, nobody will take the contract because they just not because they're afraid of it. They just don't understand it. <laughs> <Yeah. It's> like, <laughs> well, no, I hope that is. They're like weirdly afraid because there's like something's in here. Yeah, something's happening with this contract. Time bomb. What's happening? And I don't want that. <laughs> Let's move on to Vince Dunn, the second round, fifty sixth overall pick in two thousand fifteen. He was twenty two years old. Formerly of the Niagara Ice Dogs, I believe. He had had 78 games played this season, 12 goals, 23 assists for 35 points. He had a point share of 7.2. For those that don't know point shares, it's the hockey equivalent of wins above replacement, more or less, although there's also... Also, a hockey wins above replacement, yeah. so that's not great. But uh, basically, it's, it's a it's an advanced metric that tries to estimate the impact you made on your team's place in the standings. It's not perfect, but it's kind of helpful to calculate a guy's overall value. Um, and 7.2 is 0.1 points below what Colton Pareko had this year, as we'll discuss. So, really good. That puts mm. him in, like, top 110 players in the league, 120. Yeah, I mean, I think... Who led? It was Kucherov, and I think mm-hmm. his was like 14. Which is like, obviously twice this, yeah. but when you kind of think about like Nikita Kucherov was only twice of Vince well, Dunn. The best player in the league was a 14-point yeah. share person. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it does put it in perspective for sure. Uh, he averaged 17 and a half minutes last year and had a Corsi for 55.3. I think he had both the best Corsi and the best, best relative Corsi for the uh, team last season, and I think people do not realize how good Vince Dunn has the potential to be. Mm-hmm. I think, like, we were all on to Colton Pareko from the beginning, and I'm not, we, you and I, as we've talked about transparently in the past, spoke earlier this season about, like, I don't know if he's ever really going to be a top defenseman, and we are obviously idiots. <laughs> and we know we're idiots, yes. like, apart from that. But if you're like, listening to this, that's ha- most of the reason you yeah, listen. Yeah, exactly. You're not listening because of our brilliance. I know that. So, but with Dunn, he he didn't come up. He kind of came out of nowhere. 
mm. a little bit. You know, it's kind of like Jake Wallman's job to lose, and then he lost it to Vince Dunn. I remember them talking about, like, the, I don't know, NHL draft board people talking about how much they liked the pick at the time for mm-hmm. us. But then he kind of disappeared. Not necessarily like he played poorly, but he disappeared like just off my radar. Yeah. I was like, oh yeah, he'll be We our... weren't doing a podcast then, so you yeah. weren't like, ooh, what are all the prospects? Well, here? I think Wallman was drafted a year or two before mm-hmm. him, so I just assumed Wallman would be the guy that showed up before Dunn did. Yeah. And then Dunn, Dunn did. Um, <laughs> he, he Dunn did. I see what you did there. But, uh... Yeah, it's still, to me, I flip-flop on a little bit. I'm like, oh, they made, like, uh, Duncan Keith comparisons a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I was like, eh, <laughs> yeah, but he'll, like, be super Duncan Keith light. And I don't think he'll be Duncan Keith, but, like, that's the that's the comparison for me, just because he's a smaller guy, he's a smaller defenseman. He's not going to be a bruising physical guy, which I know um, Blues fans will will hate because we all we're all blue collar fans and we just want our hockey team to do nothing but hit. Mm-hmm. But he's not that kind of guy, but he's he's gifted with his stick. He is like watch him play, he's got a little bit of Alex Petrangelo in him and then he can separate guys from the puck really easily. Just use some leverage, get in on the inside and he moves it up the up the ice really well. And they keep talking about this being a, a league where now it's puck moving defensemen first over anyone else mm-hmm. as far as like importance. And I would agree with that. And we're we're in the midst of that. They yeah. still talk about like we're changing, but that's where it is now. Yeah, and that's what he is now, and it helps immensely. Also, he's like the most gifted offensive oh, defenseman we wide, have by a wide margin. Yeah. I think, yeah, I mean, like Brent Steebrook in his prime, pretty good for comparison. Mm-hmm. And the thing about Dunn is like, he's not Eric Carlson, Mm-mm. but. Some of his high-end skills aren't that far off. Like, every bit as bad as Alex Petrangelo is at keeping the puck in on the power mm. play, he's the opposite. Yeah, Vince Dunn's He's that, that good. <laughs> um, and I just, I, I really think this guy is, has the potential to be that, like, upper echelon power play quarterback for, you know, defensive stud mm. that gets you... You know, 50 points a year, 60 points a year, maybe, if you really give him the time. My only concern with him is I'm not convinced that Baruby will commit to him. You know, you'd like him to be an inch or two taller. He's six foot two or three, but it's all there. The skill's all there. He's mm. a, you know, 22. He won't be 23 until late October. It's all, you know, <laughs> I really think it's all there with him. Mm-hmm. I'd agree. I think. Sky's the limit for him, really. I think mm. we could see an amazing player out of him. Let's move maybe to the, the other end of the spectrum a little bit. I hope not. But Robbie Aww. Fabry was the 21st overall pick in 2014. Still only 23 years old, which is kind of hard to believe. Yeah. Um, last season in 32 games played, he had a really woeful two games, two goals, four assists, and six points. Time on ice, 12-39. Uh, Corsi for 47.5. I mean, we know the whole story with Robbie Favre. We don't necessarily have to dwell here a lot. Yeah. Uh, the one thing I would say, though, is I've seen a lot of people. He's only 23 and a half, by the way. He's going to be around. He's not 24 until late January. Uh, I've seen a lot of people kind of doing the, like, why would we bring him back? A lot of the, mm-hmm. you know, angry voices on Twitter. As you do. And I just, like... 
like if we tra- if we could trade him for value, fine. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> this is. <laughs> This, and, and it's not a pump our own tires thing again, but, like, this goes back to a point we made last year a lot, a lot, where we were like, if he can come back, this time last year we were saying, if he can come back at and stay healthy, mm-hmm. that's a victory. I think we kind of talked about, like, if he can play 50 games yep. and just stay healthy, that's a victory. Now, he didn't hit 50 games, but, like, he might be coming into this season truly healthy for the first time. And you're going to sign him at probably less than a million or right at a million dollars mm-hmm. for a one-year deal. And listen, if he doesn't have it this year, then you you need to definitely part with him. And he might have to go to another league or you know try to find a place where he really gets playing time. But I think you're insane to let a former first-round pick who you're not going to pay any more than a million dollars to mm-hmm. just walk. And I... I don't understand, and I'm, I'm not, I, we won't go down this road at all, but I don't understand how some of the same people who are like, you cannot give Robbie Fabry a contract at all, are some of the same people who are like, yeah, Jake Allen at $4.35 million as a backup is fine. Mm. Like, I don't, I don't see the crossover there, but I won't pursue that any farther. <laughs> I just, it confuses me. So, like, I don't know, we don't know what, what, um what he is long-term. Yeah. Uh, we really can't say more until he's healthy. Yeah, I just hope that he becomes a just a general contributor, either on this team or on another team at some point. Like, I would love him to become, like, even just a 30-point guy. You mm-hmm. know, a regular, just 30-point dude that can pot, you know, play in your third line, pot in some goals. has Still has the speed. I mean, probably not as much as he had before, you know, three knees ago, but uh, that one goal he scored in the game we went to against Dallas, yeah. game one, really good. I watched that the other day. Yeah, I watched uh, the video of every goal the Blues scored in these playoffs, mm-hmm. and that was one of them. That I was like, oh yeah, that's awesome that Fabry scored that. Also, in that video, it's so much fun to watch in retrospect now losses because oh my god, some of these goals are like the Blues scored a goal. Against the Sharks in this game. And then it cuts to, like, the Blues at home. <laughs> like, in a different game. And you're like, oh, that's... Oh, yeah, we only scored one that game, huh? Uh, that's <laughs> pretty good. Um, God, I, I, some of the retrospectives are going to be insane. Yeah. Including our own, which is coming. Coming soon. Ivan Barbashev is a second-round pick, high second-round pick in 2014. He's also 23. Last season... He was 14 goals and 12 assists, 26 points in about 11 and a half minutes per game. He had a Corsi 4 of 49% and an offensive zone start percentage of 37%. So they really relied on him as a defensive forward, which makes the 26 points that much more impressive. Mm-hmm. Pretty good at getting the puck out of the zone and staying on the attack. Last year's Ivan Barbashev was certifiably not last year's. Last year's Ivan Barbashev. We're going to need like a a phrase for that period. <laughs> the dark times of yeah, Ivan Barbashev. Exactly. Um, what do you see Ivan Barbashev as going forward? Because this is a guy I think we we once thought of as more of a potential like middle six center yeah, type. That's what he was drafted to be. Yeah, and he was a high second round pick. <coughs> now he's found his way into more of a bottom six yeah. wing. Is he mostly a wing? 
Oh, you'll play center I'll play sometimes. Center center, yeah. I think when they put Sunquist down there on the fourth he's line, Sunquist will be the center. Yeah. But yeah, when it's just Barbie on the line, he's the center. Um, but what do you think he is? That or the Russian. other thing or somewhere in between? <laughs> um, <laughs> very good English, by the way. That's what you get for coming over. Good job, Barbie. <laughs> oh yeah, he's very good. Um, he looked super jazzed too in this article, this picture in this article I was reading on, for the Post Dispatch, and when they when he was hopping over the boards for the the cup win oh, in the yeah. last couple of seconds, that dude's like, that dude's like ape. Uh-huh. His face is like, fuck yeah. <laughs> um, that's great to see. But I think Ivan Barbashev, I'm, first of all, I'm happy that he is something on this team because I love that Fabry Barbashev draft. Yes. Maybe, I don't know why, but I feel like I knew more about that draft than like other drafts. Uh-huh. Uh, maybe it was the first time I ever really got like deep into the draft and looking at stuff forever. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, I know who Robbie Fabry is. I'm glad we drafted him. I feel personally invested. And I'm like, Ivan Barbashev, oh, that's a name people said we should get. And I've looked him up and he looks really good. Oh, we got him. Yes. And so when Fabry got hurt and Barbashev hadn't quite come up yet, I was like, oh no, Barbashev was kind of like my the last hope of like those two guys I'm like oh make something of it please and he came in in uh 16 17 then 12 points in 30 games and was really good Mm -hmm. I was leading into the what is that the series against the wild and then uh against Nashville that they lost Mm -hmm. and then last year yes as we have alluded to last year's last year's Ivan Barbashev 53 games played and only 13 points, so in, what is that, 23 more games, he only scored one more point. Mm. Um, and then last year, yeah, 80 games, 14 goals, 12 assists, 26 points. I hope he's that, obviously. I think he has the most potential of anyone on that fourth line, if we're not counting Sunquist, um, to be a guy that moves up and down the lineup. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was up in the lineup when we first started playing him. Uh, I think he fits in really well in the fourth line, but I think he's got that skill where you sit there and go if he was on another team he most certainly would be their third you know a third Mm -hmm. liner easily and I think for us he just fits well on the fourth line and so that is the kind of guy I do like keeping around that's the kind that's the kind of guy that I would rather we keep Barbashev if we're making a potential trade you know we're adding pieces versus like a Blay or even a Samford necessarily I think Barbashev has skills that I see on a regular basis that I think are worth something to this team. Yeah. Yeah, that's a fair, fairly good, I would say. He's not a, a top-end player necessarily, mm-hmm. but he has that kind of chameleon-like tendency. Not like a... Not, like a not a Matt Zuccarello type. He's not a lizard person. <laughs> Just that ability to blend in in a couple of different like, circumstances. Ooh, blend in. So let's talk about Zach Sanford, the second rounder who just got the contract extension. He was drafted at the tail end of the second round in 2013 by the Washington Capitals out of Boston College. I know a lot about Zach Sanford because I just wrote about Zach Sanford. Did you know that he went <laughs> to Pinkerton Academy where Elizabeth Smart, isn't that her name? The woman who, the teacher who seduced her student and had to uh, kill, kill her husband. It wasn't very smart. <laughs> say, who had to kill her husband? She had to. At <laughs> the end of the day. What are you going to um, do? 24 years old, 20 points in 60 games this past season, 8 goals, 12 assists. Season before that, I have forgotten this entirely. He did not play in the 2017-18 season because of the shoulder injury. He played 20 AHL games. 
Dimitri killed his shoulder. Oh, was that, that like was a, in the practice? What the, like, what the fuck is Zach doing in practice to these people? Man? I know. That's right. Oh man, Zach, you gotta like cool <laughs> it or something. It down, I think it's your fault. Um, he had uh, twelve. He averaged twelve and a half minutes per game, just over fifty on the Corsi four. Obviously scored the last goal of Game 7 this season, which is cool because he was in his hometown and, you know, as a tribute to his dad, who he lost in the preseason. Oh, that's right. He's had a crazy year. Mm-hmm. And to me, I th- I kind of think the same way you think about Ivan Barbashev. Not really the same as Ivan Barbashev, though, because I think I Barbashev's baseline is a little more solid. Yeah. I think of these guys, other than Sunquist, who's already arguably made the jump, mm-hmm. Sanford is the one with the most potential for us to, in like two or three years, to look back and be like, remember when he was like, <laughs> we didn't know what he was, and now he's like 50 point Zach Sanford? You, you mean know? he could be he could be this year's Oscar Sunquist? <laughs> this year's next year's Oscar, Oscar Sunquist? Sunquist. Yeah. Or next year's this, this year's year. Oscar Sunquist? Oh boy. Folks, if you're following along at home, please <laughs> send us to our P.O. box. <laughs> send <laughs> the diagram. Your crazy diagrams. You can add it, you can add it to your Methuselah picture. <laughs> Front and back, please. Yeah, front please. and back. Or put the Methuselah at the center of the diagram. Yeah. <laughs> please, please use postage. <laughs> we will not. We will not pay our delivery. Yeah, uh, folks, no. He vastly <laughs> overestimated the budget of the Two Guys One Cup podcast. <laughs> if you're sending it postage paid. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Zach Sanford. Ah, oh, ah, oh, oh, I can breathe. Zach Sanford, as I was saying, has the ability, I think, to become, to maybe level up his player. Yeah. He's he's six foot four. He is. Um, looks like he always has eyeshadow on. He looks like he always has eyeshadow on. Looked like a total dime at the. <coughs> SPs the other day. A point I want to make about the SPs. Okay. A blue, oh, this is your conspiracy theory? Specific. Are we just going to dive in right now? Uh, why are they only... <laughs> <laughs> Where are the SPs? Show them to me. Um, so at this award show, it was like Samford and... It was half the team. <laughs> it was Sanford and Fabry and all these dudes. And like Sanford, Edmondson Fabry, and Pareko. Edmondson, O'Reilly, Pareko. Okay. But also Bennington. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's fine. But not like Schwartz or Shen. Not Schwartz, Shen, Tarasenko, Petrangelo, Bomeister, Steen, none of these old dudes. Yeah. It looked to me when they do the little slow motion pan around all also, of them. Also, Joel McHale was on stage, and they put him right behind Colton Pareko, yeah. which is the only way he didn't look three feet taller oh, really? than everyone <laughs> on that stage, because Joel McHale is a giant. Yeah. When they pan around these guys slowly... Ryan, it look, Ryan O'Reilly looks like he took kids on a field trip. Like, <laughs> he he's the oldest human, he's got a big beard, and there's all these little kids with, like, little toys behind him, like, they give each of them, like, a little prop, and I was like, so, like, the gym teacher was allowed to take the boys to something today. He really did. And he was the only guy that spoke on stage. Yeah, so. which was also... Fine, And Pareko, for, like, as giant as he is, yeah. still has a very boyish face. 
Yeah. So he still looks very young. I'm still in this weird uh, mode where, like, Ryan O'Reilly... Isn't it, a blue. <laughs> yeah, isn't a blue. And, like, I mean this with no disrespect to him, because obviously without him, we do not even come close to the cup. We don't but, probably make the play. That's what I mean. We We don't. I thought about the other day, without Ryan O'Reilly, there is no Jordan Bennington, because we just, we blow the team up before then. We don't even do the, oh, well, let's give Jordan Bennington some weird shot. Team's over already. There might be a Jordan Bennington, but he'd be playing on, like, such a different team. Yeah, exactly. Just be like, fucking. <laughs> but yeah, it was just weird to me that Ryan O'Reilly's speaking and all these things. I'm like, where's the captain? Where are either of the two assistants? Ryan, like Ryan O'Reilly's like... He's right here. Yeah, like <laughs> you look at me. I'm the captain. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Take it. That's fine. It just feels it's crazy to me. And, and I, I guess I'll always think about this, or maybe I'll change as time goes by. Obviously, but like to me right now, I will always look at Ryan O'Reilly. Like you won a cup with the St. Louis Blues, but who the fuck are you? <laughs> Does it boggle your mind, by the way, that that's the same person that drove his car into a Tim Hortons? <laughs> Not through a Tim Hortons, but through a Tim Hortons. <laughs> like... Not T H R U. Yeah, no, 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 T-H-R-O-U-G-H, <laughs> right through into the lobby and everything. Uh, like, that's the same human being. Yeah. Rhino, the guy who was like a locker room problem because he signed an offer sheet, because that apparently makes you a dick in the NHL. We all know that now. And lost his love of the game. That's the Rhino O'Reilly's that gave the Blues SB acceptance speech. Just, what a story, Mark. <laughs> I just don't get that we made a trade for him and it was very promising and we've made promising trades before and it just worked. Yeah. You know, yeah, and you won the cup because you made that trade. That, like, oh. that Bill Armstrong interview we listened to about like, oh, we thought he was the missing piece and it's like, yeah, you did, but not like this, Yeah, right? you thought like we'd be very competitive, <laughs> but mm. Not this one. <laughs> Whenever people say they're going to compete for a cup, like the Blues are competing for a cup, uh-huh. up until this year was always like, I, I get what you mean. I get it. You mean, like, be in the playoffs is Mm. what you mean. But they're like, oh, they're a cup contender. I'm like, to me, it was always, like, other teams are a cup contender, and we're vying for, like, St. Louis's favorite hockey team (laughs) cup. Like, yeah, Yeah. we'll get that cup, too. (laughs) Yeah, it's weird. Sorry, yeah. I saw him on the SBs with all these young dudes, and I was like, this makes zero sense to me. Indeed. So, quick way to finish on Stanford. He's 6'4", he's 207, he still seems to have that really up-end skill. Mm. At points, he's looked like a star on the line with Perron and, and O'Reilly, which I, you imagine they enter next season as a line, I would yeah. think. You know, I don't know, especially if Maroon's gone. There will be some shakeup, but you would think they'll more or less start with the same lines. Um, and I just think he, he could have that ability. You know, he's a guy... And we kind of he's made, got really good hands. Yeah, we kind of made fun of it at the time. We've made fun of it in the past about Armstrong talking about him as the player they had to have in the in the uh, um, Shattenkirk yeah. deal because it's like yeah, but they had better prospects like Jacob Brown. Like you could have had to have yeah. Evgeny Kuznetsov. I mean, then you wouldn't have made the trade. But you know, <laughs> if that was the player you had to have, then that's at least the standard. But like. Um, was it Kuznetsov who we thought we got for a minute, or was it no, Burakovsky? No, it was Burakovsky. Okay. Oh, no, never in a million years. 
Um, but in any case, I I think they are good talent evaluators, and I think he has the ability to become that consistent. Like he could, he he could not be anything really, but he could become that like forty to fifty point guy. Maybe spikes to like fifty five on yeah. occasion, and it's just you're like kind of your Jaden Schwartz almost. Not maybe probably not the same top end but the same baseline in sort of a way i don't know maybe i'm too high on zach samford but i'm excited to see what he becomes (laughs) mckenzie mckeckern was a third round pick in 2012 he made his nhl debut earlier this season he's 25 years old in 29 games which i would not have no yeah i wrote that down 29 games i don't believe it uh, three goals, two assists, five points in about eight minutes per game for 49.2 Corsi 4 percentage. I mean, he is what he is. He's your typical. He made Carey Price look stupid on yeah, his own. Yeah. Which, I mean, was like, that's impressive. We've got a lot of guys who have, like, more skill than you'd think. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it, he's 25. He just debuted. He's a cut-and-dried fourth-line I liked I him in his limited time, but, yeah, it's just fourth-line guy. Yeah. Um... Oscar Sundquist is no longer last year's last year's Oscar Sundquist. He was a third-round pick of the Pittsburgh Penguins in 2012, 81st overall. He's now 25 years old. Last season, the 74 games played, he had 14 goals, 17 assists, with 31 points. The season, three seasons before that, you got these stats. He played fewer games with 70 in three seasons. He had two goals and seven assists for nine points. That's what we call a level up. Holy moly. 13.49 time on ice, 50.1 Corsi 4 percentage. Thank you, Tom Wilson, for fixing his brain. Ian. Do we see a regression from Oscar Sundquist next season? Mm. Be honest. I'm not fishing for a particular answer. I I was going to say yes, but then I was going to say no. So <laughs> actually, I think I'm in the middle. I think maybe he ends up just being this next year. Uh-huh. You know, 28 points, 34 points, something like that. Where, like, I think he has the... I don't know if he just didn't have the confidence or if he just wasn't playing with the right people or he just clicks well with the Blues now with what our lineup is. Mm-hmm. But I think we'll see the same out of him at least. I don't think all of a sudden Oscar Sundquist for just after one season, this one season doesn't strike me as the player that's like just doesn't have it anymore mm-hmm. after this season. I think this is hopefully what he is now, if not more. But um, that's a guy that was on the wheel of bodies that jumped off and is staying in the lineup. <laughs> I jumped off the yeah. wheel of bodies. If you want to, on a second sheet of paper, you can draw <laughs> a wheel of bodies and a stick figure, or or if you're better at art than I, uh, of Oscar Sundquist jumping off and into the hands of, uh, or into the arms of Craig Berube. <laughs> but... He's, I mean, he's a third-line player that can play up in the lineup and has, and we played him for, like, 20 minutes in the playoffs in games. You know, full 60-minute games, you play 20 minutes. Yeah. He was, like, would be second in ice time as a forward after, like, O'Reilly. I believe I read something about uh, Sidney Crosby. Some guy named Sidney Crosby, you know. Uh, 
Oh, what he saying when we traded for him that like we stole somebody like we that the hmm. penguin shouldn't have let him go if Guinea Malkin did not know Oscar Sundquist made no 100%. comment but um, yeah I mean if that's a pretty strong endorsement if it's Sidney Crosby saying it so it's all gravy here from Oscar hmm. Sundquist you know I mean we're as long as we don't go out and give him. Which we might, like a really big contract extension. Yeah. It's all gravy. He's not... I mean, if he if he stays this, it's like so much more than you ever expected. Yeah, I mean, we... We saw what the team was in Game 3 when he wasn't there. Mm. It was just oh, a so catastrophe. Oh, so important. So the penalty kill. More important than I ever believed. Like we One were saying. One player could be. I thought Ivan Barbashev, Oscar Sundquist, even though Sundquist had a really good season this year, uh. kind of out of the blue... I figured sameish player, and then yeah, when Sunquist is gone, it was like, oh my god, I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> we did have, we did kind of fall apart with Marbushev gone though too. So yeah, Joel Edmondson was a second round pick all the way back in two thousand eleven. He's now twenty six years old. Let's see how many days on that. Just because I'm curious if he's an old twenty six, young twenty six. He was born on June twenty eighth. Oh, okay. um, Last season, he only played in 64 games. He got two goals and nine assists for um, 11 points and 3.2 point shares. He averaged 19-23 in time on ice, and he had a 50.4% Corsi 4 percentage. Ian, has Joel Edmondson ever played 70 games in a single NHL season? No. Uh, You are correct. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say, oh, I didn't didn't know Um, if you were asking me or not. 69 nice. <laughs> back-to-back seasons, and then... That 69 back-to-back. <laughs> it's the double-headed monster. And then uh, 64 last season. I've talked about Joel Edmondson before. What do you think about Joel Edmondson? I mean, I think we know what he is Yeah. at this point. What would you say that is? Because um, I think his representation right now is saying he's our best young left-handed defenseman. And he's a cup winner. He's cup and he's champion. a cup winning defenseman. Um, and you needed him in game seven. Putting him back in is what made the difference in the lineup. Oh, Jesus. Can you, I know this is what they say to you, but can you as like Doug Armstrong just stare at him back? <laughs> okay, seriously. Look at me in the fucking face. Look, Joel's not in the room, dick. Yeah, he's not here. <laughs> Don't lie to me. Tell me what you really think. And he's like, oh, I'm just my representation. I'm like, God fucking damn it, I will choke you out. Um, I'm GM of the year finalist. <laughs> God damn. He's not going to say I'm cup winning GM Doug Armstrong. GM of the year finalist. I am top 10 <laughs> wing place. <laughs> Doug Armstrong. Um, Joel Edmondson's just a... a Fine bottom pairing defenseman. I think we play him up the pairings a little more than <coughs> what he should be being played up. Basically, I don't think he should be on a pairing with Petrangelo. I don't think they've ever really looked that good together. Mm. Um, we keep trying it. They look fine. Fine is fine. So then we keep him there. You know, it's not mm. a catastrophe. So it's all right. Well, that's where he stays. But I think Petrangelo looks so much better to me with Gunnarsson, or even at some spurts here and there with Dunn, that I, I, I don't know. I just don't... Joel Edmondson's fine. He's fine. Is that, is that good? Does I, that make people happy? 
He's fine. I don't think he's ever going to be more than this. For a while, we've talked about this on another podcast episode, Preko and Evanson came up at the same time. They were like one and two. It was like, that's our top pairing in the future. And rightfully so, that's what we thought too at the time. But Preko has surpassed Joel Edmondson in like every way as far as like potential and could potentially be a, you know, our top right-handed defenseman. But, and I'd feel okay about Preko being there. Mm-hmm. I feel much better now after seeing everything we've seen. Joel Edmondson, I, I'd feel very shaky with him being our top left-handed defenseman. Does that mean that we have to get rid of him because he doesn't fit right there? No, but we also do have left-handed defensemen moving up in this in our organization and you just have to figure out who stays and who goes and i think he's fine i think he would works really well on another team's defensive pairings i don't know if we've can i mince it anymore i don't know if he fits in st louis blues um i won't mince i don't i don't think he should be here next year <laughs> i don't and it's, it's too bad because you know he will I and do, i should say it's too bad like it's awful but you know i do think that's a, the misuse of an asset. Here's the thing. He, right now, right right at this moment, he's a left-handed defenseman top four who can be had at a relative song for that level of output mm-hmm. who played 19 minutes a season last year and won a Stanley Cup. This is the most value you can ever get for him. You already have three left-handed defensemen locked up for the next season. Jay Bomeister, assuming he doesn't retire or fall apart, you can just extend as long as he is fine. Mm-hmm. So basically you have three left-handed defensemen locked down for two years if you want them. I don't see where Edmondson fits. You have you qualified him, so you have to pay him 10% more than $3 million next year. That's the bare minimum you can pay him. I don't know what 10% of $3 million is. 3.3, right? It's 330000 yeah. So $3.3 million for one season is bare minimum. My cat does not like that. <laughs> she is very upset. <laughs> she is not a Joel Edmondson fan. I, I Again, and I, I'm not going to be mad about keeping any of these guys, but I just think, like you said, improper asset management is a really good way of putting it. You can... You can keep all these guys. You can have a fun season where it's just kind of a victory lap. Mm-hmm. I don't really care, but you're going to have let opportunities pass you by. Yeah. And they won't necessarily be there next year. The, on the other hand, I do wonder to some extent whether Army's letting things settle down. It hasn't been a month since we won the Stanley Cup yet. And I do wonder if Army is letting people have their days with the Cups. Edmondson is over now, right? He's already had his. No. Um, You've had yours. (laughs) I wonder if he's kind of letting things settle a little bit, doing the ESPYs, doing all that. I think on the whole, there is a lot more unsettled in this NHL offseason than there is in most by now. I think we're Mm. kind of in a holding pattern. You got a lot of RFAs. Marner isn't signed, Line isn't signed. Point isn't signed. Uh, Rantanen isn't signed. Kachuk. Kachuk isn't signed. Yeah. Besser isn't signed. And they don't have the money to do it. So you're, there are still a, just a ton of moving pieces out there. And I wonder maybe, and I'm not counting on it, 
But I wonder maybe if Army surprises us later in the offseason by jumping back into the fray in a couple of big ways. A couple of surprising ways, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I could see that being the kind of like, okay, well, we'll keep Edmondson and we'll give him his contract. And that way people will know what uh, what they're paying him. You know, but we'll also move him to other teams. I don't know. He's probably going to be here next year, like you said. But like <laughs> we've talked about it so much that I just believe there's no way he gets moved. But to me, it makes sense to see him move, not in a vindictive way in any way, but just because it makes sense. But in a spiteful way. Let's talk about Jordan Bennington and Colton Pareko pretty quickly. Because, as is typical, we managed to stretch a 30-minute podcast into a 90-minute podcast. Hell yeah! Third-round pick in the 2011 draft is Jordan Bennington. He turns 26 years old today. Go out and punch the sky, Jordan Bennington. Punch the sun right out of the sky and show some fucking emotion. You're a Stanley Cup champion. Those sunglasses last night. Yes, he had his sunglasses at night. So nice. he can love it. be drunk in public. <laughs> Did they toss that one in that song? <laughs> I hope so. My favorite video of him, I think, is still with his uh, girlfriend, Christine, that little like five-second clip where they're in his apartment. <laughs> and he's like, this is Christine, my, and she's doing the, like, come on, say it. And he goes, roommate. <laughs> she, she laughs to her credit, but that is stone cold i think jeff skinner's former girlfriend by the way so step down i don't pay a lot of attention to the wag situation in the nhl but that was a lot of money you left on the table dear um (laughs) jordan bennington wasn't thinking about that but yeah yeah well he could get paid yeah it's true does jeff skinner want a stanley cup that's right (laughs) <laughs> that's what she's chasing that's the only thing jordan bennington's agent talks about this girl dated the same person as jeff skinner or this girl is now dating jordan bennington yeah. used to date jeff skinner jeff skinner hasn't won a cup so bennington's contract needs to be bigger yeah. <laughs> and i like, like i can't argue with that here's 10 million over you said years. christine so many times to me right now I don't know who that is. We'll say Doug Armstrong is like, who? <laughs> who? Um, but yeah, Bennington, I mean, what can we say? That hasn't already been said. 24-5-1 last regular season. 927 save percentage, 1.89 goals against average, and five shutouts. He had a quality start, two out of every three starts, 6.667%. He had a 13.74 goals saved above average, which is an advanced metric, and it's hard to communicate if you don't know it. I don't really understand it, even though I like it a lot. Uh, but it's <laughs> very good lot. to have that many and that few of games. In the playoffs, not as good, not as consistently. He went 16-10 and 10 with a 914 save percentage and a 246 goals against average. He had one shutout. He had, ironically, a higher quality start percentage, but a much lower negative 1.96 goals against or goals saved above average, which to me says what I think we all know, that he was really good most of the playoffs, but they had those couple of games where the team blew up yeah. and he didn't, like, he didn't stand, bail him yeah. out. Yeah. And sometimes the, he made mistakes. I'm not like absolving him yeah. of anything, but like I don't think we never thought regular season last year Jordan Bennington was like, what he was going to be going forward. Well, like you said, 
we've said previously too, um, having a playoffs like that or just having coming down, back down to earth a little bit is probably a good for the Blues in negotiating his contract. Mm-hmm. But also, it's just good from a fan perspective because, like, look, he if he played amazing all of last season after we put him in, and then the playoffs he went even crazier or something, you know, like a basically took a rask like a or whatever. Jonathan Quick or yeah, take a rask. A, the contract's going to be nuts. Mm-hmm. And B, you still feel like, okay, that was amazing. I love it. But that's lightning in a bottle, and there's no way he's going to be completely that good again. And so the fact that he came back down to earth and you saw some of his shortcomings makes you feel like, okay, I know Jordan Bennington. Mm-hmm. I know what the problems are. I know that he's not unbeatable, and it almost feels better because you can just stomach the fact that he's like, okay, he's a very good goalie, but he's human. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's what he is. He's very good. Yeah. He's not. This guy's not upper yeah. tier, but he's fine. He's very good. Yeah, this guy's not. I'm, I say this, and he'll play amazing. So you're welcome. I hope you're welcome. Great. He's not like a Hall of Fame goalie. No, people are. I've seen some people, not a lot of people, be like, "This is like going to be the one of the best goalies ever." I'm like, well, he like is because Ken he won the cup. Dryden. But yeah, he's not going like, to be like this. He's going to be fine. He's going to be if he's Corey Crawford light. I've said Corey Perfect. Crawford a lot. I think that's your best comparable. Yeah, he's never going to... Pretty gonna, good. Yeah. Always above mm-hmm. average. Winning you cups. Yeah. Like, if, <laughs> if that's never who he is. Never just, like, a huge Vezina candidate. Yeah. And just, like, oh, my God, what an insane season he had this year. Just, like, quietly, totally fine. And, you know, the opposite, you can be Ben Bishop, who's great all the time, but struggles with injury and never pushes his team over the final line. Mm-hmm. I'll take average... That's with the ability to play for. up in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not Ben Bishop's fault, but... Um, it's his bones You fault. could just win in the playoffs. That was always an option. Goldberg, <laughs> 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 the, the story of the boys' 52-year Stanley Cup drought. The boys win it all. That was always an option. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Colton Pareko, final name on our list, and then we'll get out of here. Third round pick in 2012, 26 years old. Last season, he had 80 games. He had 10 goals and 18 assists, 28 points. He was a plus 20. He had 7.8 point shares. So sorry, I was a little too generous when I said Vince Dunn was 0.1 points behind him. He was 0.6 points behind him. He had time on ice of 22.47 on average and exactly 50% Corsi 4 percentage. I don't know what there is to say about Colton Pareko other than that he's a very good, very good defenseman. Who's probably a little disappointing in the offensive production. Like that's yeah, that's the barrier to me between Colton Pareko and being an elite defenseman. Mm. Or yeah, probably elite because I think defensively right now he's probably a little better than Alex Petrangelo on the whole. He's so much better defensively than I thought he was going yes. to be. Yes, as we already mentioned in this podcast. Yeah, like we already saw the offense. We've all seen the slap shot. Um, doesn't use as much. And I think people, us especially, are pushing like, okay, well, he'll be okay defensively, mm-hmm. but he needs to do more offensively. And then he really didn't. And it's like, okay, well, that feels disappointing. I'm trying to take people on our, our mental journey. Yeah. But then he became so much better defensively. Mm-hmm. He's not, for being whatever he is, six six. <coughs> he's not some bruiser, but he also, like, has the wingspan of a condor. Yeah. So, like, you just can't get around the guy, no matter what. Him and Jay Bowmeister, we talked about that, like, you know, 
left hand all the way to right stick tip between both of them is like more like almost all the entire ice, eighty five <laughs> yeah. feet of ice. Mm-hmm. You know, north south. It's like, I, I, yeah, he's. I still always feel like, do I want him as my first pairing guy? He'd be fine there. I'd be a little worried because I think Petrangelo has a better overallish game. Yeah. But Colton Preco most certainly could fill in that position. And I think on any other team that's like not just, you know, flush a with. Winner. Yeah. <laughs> just, just flush with uh, defensive stars. He's their first pairing guy. Yeah. Do you think he has the ability to unlock that offensive part of his game? without majorly sacrificing the defensive part? Or do you think he just is what he is now? No, I think they could work with him on the offensive part. And I think he could maintain his defensive prowess. But I don't think the his one thing I, I don't think his offense is ever gonna be amazing. Yeah. I, I don't, just it's just not. I just wanna see the shot more. I yeah. think that's the one thing that's a little unforgivable about him. Is you have the slap shot, take it more. Mm-hmm. Take it every time you get a chance. Yeah. That's just there's your any, bread and butter. Even if there's not a queer land of the net. Certainly if there is, but even if there's not. It just creates chaos. Hurt people. <laughs> hit, hit, you, yeah, it works. You won game six because you literally killed Ben Bishop. <laughs> I'm not saying you need to weaponize it, but weaponize <laughs> it. You know, you like, just show that over and over again to him. Yeah. Look what you can do. If he dies, he dies. Because yeah. he's already Ivan Drago. You might yeah. as well finish the last part. So, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think the Blues are phenomenally blessed with a crop of guys under 26 mm-hmm. who could really be... Like, none of these guys we talked about, with the possible exception of, of Mackenzie McEachern and, to a lesser extent, Robbie Fabry, depending on his health, are like... Anything short of, like, everyday NHL players, probably. Mm. That's the thing, is I don't think most of these guys, because Blaze signed to a one-way contract now uh-huh. and stuff, I don't think any of these guys, aside from maybe McEachern, are AHL guys. Yeah. Right. Even Robbie Fabry, who's, yeah, whose health is still questionable and everything, is still was on a one-way contract last year, will be this year. Um, yeah, they're all NHL players, and I kind of like that we've given them that much. Mm-hmm. Now it's more kind of like prove that you can be consistent, because any one of they we move them in and out because you know consistency drops. We need a little a different flavor on the ice, and so I think that would be my like call to arms for some of those guys like Sanford and Blay and even Barbashev. Um, <coughs> if I'm Barubi, it's just that hey, if you you guys have another level, play to it, and I won't. I won't take you out. Yeah. You won't be like the flavor that needs changing. That's somebody else. You can stay in the lineup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we will talk about the prospect pyramid later in the summer, early fall. Under construction. Under construction. <laughs> Took years to build the ones in Gaza. We're asking for a couple. Yeah, give me Giza, a couple months. Giza, not Gaza. That's a very different part. William Nylander <laughs> in Gaza, <laughs> Egypt. Oh, boy. Uh, we have to go get some gas, which is apparently like a four-hour ordeal in this town. So we better get out of here while we still have a Jesus. chance. We're going to be back next week with a look back at the 
last 365 days or so in mm-hmm. kind of a, a retrospective on the season that was. I wonder how that story will end. Enjoy, Come back and find yeah, out. Yeah, enjoy all the record scratching we'll be doing. You have to tip a guy? I guess you do to get gas, so you better get some cash. We'll see you next week, folks. Vroom, vroom. Let me fill up my own gas.